will regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us on the program today. Coming up in a matter of moments, uh, my friend Rick Ector is going to be with us from Legally Armed in Detroit at Detroit CCW on Facebook and the uh, social medias. You know, uh, Rick has this event that he puts together every year. That's incredible. Hundreds of people over the course of a weekend get, in many cases, their first introduction to gun ownership or to even gun handling. Uh, And this event is coming up in just a few weeks. Uh, Let's talk all about it with Mr. Rick Ector, as well as that's the good stuff that we're going to talk with Rick about. We're also going to talk with Rick about something kind of troubling, which is, by the way, that uh, despite being sued last year, there still appears to be some delays in the Wayne County Clerk's Office when it comes to processing concealed carry applications. Yeah, I know. I wish this were nothing but a positive uh, interview, but there are some some troubling uh, signs there in the Detroit area that those who want to exercise their right to keep bear arms, those who want to get the training and education that's provided by Rick Hector, are uh, still going to be uh, thwarted from uh, actually being able to legally carry a farm in self-defense thanks to the anti-gun government bureaucracy. Anyway, we'll get to that in just a moment. Take a look and a listen to our conversation with Rick Hector. Rick Hector, it is good to see you, sir. Thanks so much for coming on the program. Hey, man, it's always great to be on Cam and Company, man. Glad to be here. I am glad to have you. And uh, it is getting to that time now. Uh, and this is a big event. I mean, you know, for folks who have watched Cam and Company uh, over the years, you know Rick uh, by now. You know what a great job he does as a firearms instructor, as a segment advocate. Uh, and every year, is this, Rick, is this number 10? Are we at the 10th anniversary? This is the 11th. The 11th. Man, the 11th. Wait, wait. Not just the 11th. The 11th consecutive event. We didn't shut down for uh, COVID, man. We took an abundance of precaution. No one got sick. No (laughs) had no problems, but uh, we kept rolling, man. And so for 10 years now, going on 11, uh, Rick and a wonderful team of volunteers have been putting together this incredible event where they train hundreds of people, anybody who's interested in, in, you know, getting the basics of, of gun safety and responsibility. They do this over the course of a weekend uh, there in the uh, Detroit area. And, and Rick, tell us about this year's event. When's, when's this going to take place? Uh, Where's it going to take place? And, and what do you, what do we need to know about what's going on here? Oh man, let's see. Uh, when? It's going to take place the last two days of the month, July 30th and the 31st, the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. It's going to take place at two different gun ranges, at the Top Gun Shooting Sports Range and at the Recoil Firearms Range, both in Taylor, Michigan. Taylor is right outside the city of Detroit border, maybe five minutes away from Detroit proper. Uh, we're going to Uh, Welcome registrants who are going to register uh, starting on the 23rd, a week before. Uh, There are ample slots. Uh, There's no cost to register. 
You don't need to bring anything. We will have firearms, we'll have ammunition, hearing protection, protective eyewear, targets. All you have to do is get there. But you know what? I do realize we're experiencing a little pain at the pump these days. Mm -hmm. But uh, man, that's the only cost you will incur. And we're going to have a great time and we're going to learn some great information about guns and self-defense. And you're going to just have a great time. You know, so not only is this the 11th consecutive year, uh, for this event, but it is also the first event that's been held after the Supreme Court's decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin, which, you know, listen, I know Michigan is a shall issue state, so y'all weren't immediately impacted uh, by that Supreme Court decision. But I have to imagine that that decision, uh, along with the rise in violent crime that we've seen over the past couple of years, has more people thinking about the need for them to be able to protect themselves and the people that they love. So, Outside of this event, I'm curious, does that uh, just, you know, from your normal day to day firearms instructing, are you seeing uh, an influx of, of interest? Uh, I mean, obviously, the last couple of years have been kind of crazy uh, in terms of the demand, but has that slowed down? Has it kind of resurged again over the past couple of weeks? What, what's going on in terms of what you're seeing about uh, people's attitudes towards their ability to protect themselves? You know, we have just been seeing steady increases in interest, man. And I don't think it has anything uh, to do with the Supreme Court decision because it didn't directly impact our ability to get a concealed pistol license. But you know what? My heart goes out to people who are in areas in which uh, gun ownership and carry permits are highly regulated such to the, the, the extent that the Supreme Court had to weigh in and tell those guys to do better and to come up with something. Now, I'm not going to assume that they're going to do right by their citizens. They'll yeah. probably have some ridiculous requirements. Uh, you know, I think uh, Illinois has a 16 hour course they have to take, mm -hmm. you know, Michigan, we're, we're like right behind them. We're at eight hours, but then there are some states that have fewer. You know, I'm a shell issue kind of guy at heart. I believe the Second Amendment is exactly what it says it is. You know what? You've been right on the forefront of observing a number of states in our country which have gone constitutional carry. And, you know, I'm I, I'm on the constitutional carry bandwagon. I'm not I'm still a huge concealed carry with a permit fan, but. Man, I'm really pushing constitutional carry. I'm I'm on the freight train. Well, listen, you know, I, I'm a big believer in training. I'm a big believer in education. I don't think anybody should be carrying a gun if they don't feel comfortable and competent, not just feel, if they are not comfortable and competent doing so. My problem with mandates, and we saw this in Wayne County uh, during the pandemic, they just shut down basically the, the permitting process. And you had folks who were waiting over a year together concealed carry license now that's completely unacceptable and i think it's completely unconstitutional uh, you know i, I just had this conversation recently our uh, county clerk mm -hmm. uh, i'm not going to mention her name you all can look it up wayne county in michigan is which is where detroit is located there was an election not too long ago and she was re-elected now here's the thing i don't really particularly care who you vote for but what i do 
uh, draw a distinction when I talk to people in the city of Detroit. If you vote for someone who has a track record of not expeditiously processing these concealed carry permits, then you have no reason to complain when it's taking in excess of the six months that you mentioned. It's gotten as almost as, as long as a year for people to get their concealed carry permits. Now, this same office processes marriage licenses and death certificates. Now, if they can still get that done, then certainly they can get a concealed pistol license process. Yeah, I say I gotta okay, so I gotta ask a follow-up on this because uh the Wayne County Clerk's office did get sued at some point over the pandemic, and they basically said, Okay, we'll do better. Uh well, I know I, one I, of the attorneys that handled that case, and okay. basically what the attorney told me, yeah, he told me what they did was they looked at the plaintiffs in the filed suit, they grabbed their applications process them and then now there's no lawsuit because mooted. The plaintiffs are gone but are, so are, are the delays still happening they play those shenanigans so they don't have to comply yeah are, are, are you still hearing people say that they've been waiting for months on end for their carry yeah, license right. we still have a ridiculous processing period for initial applicants one saving grace, though, is for people who have their concealed pistol license and has and did not let it lapse no longer than a year. Well, then they can just uh, file the paperwork and be processed rather quickly. The renewal process in Wayne County doesn't seem to be uh, problem prone. However, for initial applicants, it is a timely wait and folks are just going to have to wait it out. Yeah. Hopefully there won't be people who are tempted uh, to carry without the permit concealed and then run the risk of being this record number of people who have pending CCW charges now. They, yeah. they, they have chosen to prosecute people for carrying uh, concealed pistols, even if they've taken the class and they're waiting up to a year for it to get processed. So. It's just a perfect, ugly storm. Yeah, that sounds like uh, that sounds like more lawsuits waiting to happen, quite frankly. Uh, and, and I would be all in favor of seeing that because, again, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I'm a supporter of constitutional carry, because even in these shallow issue systems, we see how anti-gun politicians can can open these things up for abuse. You know, you'd like to think that when you remove the discretion of uh, approving somebody requiring them to show a justifiable need or demonstrate good moral character that that solves the problems but as long as you know these agencies are that are hostile to our right to keep bear arms are in charge of the licensing system itself as we've seen we can see these lengthy delays and a right delayed is a uh, is a right denied but i don't want that to stop folks from going out getting uh you know some hands-on experience maybe applying for their concealed carry license maybe becoming a plaintiff in a lawsuit uh, in the future so again, this is this is the last weekend in July. Now, where can folks sign up? You said that the registration starts on July 23rd. Where do folks go to actually sign up for this? I, it's going to be at a plethora of places. Man, okay. I love that with those words. If you go to the Rick's Firearm Academy of Detroit, uh, our page, we have a page on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Michigan CCW. You can go to my personal page, facebook.com forward slash Detroit CCW. Links will be at legallyarmedindetroit.com. I'll probably have them on all of my social media 
uh, places such as Instagram, Twitter. I might even put up a video on YouTube. And man, I just joined Snapchat. I'll probably put you <laughs> up there too. Are you on Snapchat yet, Cam? Uh, no, I'm not on Snapchat. I'm not really on any of the social medias at the moment, but uh, I need to get back. Maybe you can start running my, my accounts for me. Would you do that? You got time? Hey, man, you know what? I will make time. I have a Franklin planner. I believe in pen on paper in a binder. Well, I, I, we'll talk about that uh, in, in August, because I know right now you are laser focused on what's coming up at the end of the month. I, again, I think this is such a, a, a great event. Do you have a formal name for this event this year? You know what? This is the 11th year, man, and I have not come up with, like, a name. I, as a matter of fact, I'm scared to name it now because if I name it something, then they're going to say, oh, what's that? You know, never heard of it, right? Right. Well, let's just call it the uh, the, the the great gun education event, or you can probably come up with something it's, pithier yeah, it's, and better than that. It's got to form but, uh, a sweet acronym, though. It's it does, like, like, nice like legally armed in Detroit. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you you put all together the, the planning for this event, I'll work on the other uh, title here over the next couple of days. Uh, but again, now you know where you can uh, uh, sign up. And how many volunteer instructors are you going to have taking part in this this you this know uh, what? event? A, an, an army, and you know what? I don't know. I can't tell you exactly how many I'm going to have. I'm going to have as many as I can get. We're at two different gun ranges simultaneously, two consecutive days. So it takes a lot of manpower. It does. And, uh, you know what? They were all up to the task last year, and I'm uh, fingers crossed, and I hope that we are up to the task of properly manning both ranges for both days. I, uh, I have the utmost confidence in uh, your ability and the ability of these volunteer instructors. Uh, and, and I got to ask too, man, I mean, who's, you guys have an ammo sponsor? Are you paying for this out of pocket? How, how, how's that working? We some ammo left over from last year, man. Okay. Uh, Phoenix ammo, uh, gracious supplier donated the ammo. So yes, that we is fantastic. Good on ammo. Now, if we have a great turnout this year, I'll be back to ground zero <laughs> for next year, but that's okay. That's next year's problem. I'll worry about next year, next year. That's right. That's right. Uh, listen, Rick Hector, I always love talking with you. You're one of my favorite people. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Uh, and, and can we get, we'll probably have you back on again before the, uh, the event, just to give folks a reminder, but I definitely want to have an after action report uh, afterwards. But again, thank you for doing this. I think this is amazing. I, I hope that you inspire uh, other instructors around the country to do this same sort of event. We need more uh, of, of these types of programs out there where folks who are new to the issue, they're thinking about becoming gun owners, can go and they can get that experience firsthand with knowledgeable instructors. Uh, this is a great introduction to exercising your Second Amendment rights. And, and Rick, I cannot thank you enough for you doing it. Hey, man, you are certainly welcome. It is my pride, honor, and joy to do this thing. And I am so glad for all of my sponsors and for all of my volunteers, and even you, my friend, for allowing me to come on and talk about it. Anytime. Anytime, Rick. Love you, buddy. Thank you so much. Love and I'll, back, uh, man. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. I do appreciate Rick coming on the program. And yes, we will have him back uh, at least for a couple of minutes to, uh, you know, plug how folks can register, how folks can sign up. And I hope that there is a great, great turnout the last weekend in July. It always happens. I, I, I've been, <laughs> this is, like Rick said, this is like the 11th year. 
I've been wanting to go and hoping to go to this event virtually every year that it's taken place. And every year there's something <laughs> that gets in my way. This year, uh, it's the weekend that my wife and I are celebrating our uh, 25th wedding anniversary. So, yeah. If it was 24, if it was 26, I could probably get away with, hey, baby, I'll take you out for a lovely dinner when I get back. But uh, 25, nah, that's a big one. You got to stick around for 25. And I, I, I don't think that my wife, the lovely Missy, e, would really appreciate a uh, silver anniversary trip to Detroit. I, 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 don't, I just don't think that that's really, you know, where she's hoping to spend her anniversary weekend. So I, uh, I will not be there in person this year, but uh, I have told Rick next year, I, 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 I hesitate to say this because I don't know what the world will throw at me, but uh, I am planning on being there in Taylor, Michigan in 2023 for this event because I just want to see it for myself. All right, now let's turn to our uh, good deed of the day, our armed citizen story, and our recidivist report. We will start there with a case out of Sioux City, South Dakota, where a, a man on probation for stabbing somebody has now been charged with robbing somebody at knife point. Now, this alone, I think, is worthy of uh, consideration as a recidivist report segment. However, what makes this extra special? is the fact that Joseph McCauley was placed on probation for stabbing somebody the very same day he allegedly assaulted and robbed somebody at knife point. Yeah. He's accused of breaking into a home in Sioux City uh, around 1.30 Friday afternoon with another man and two women, holding the occupant at knife point and assaulting that occupant while taking a phone, their social security card, uh, and some cash from the guy's pockets. According to court documents, during a police interview, McCauley admitted to entering the home, going through the man's pockets. He told police that he had met with a man and arranged a prostitution deal in which the man would pay $100 to have sex with two women. The 34-year-old booked into the Woodbury County Jail on charges of first-degree robbery, first-degree burglary, and pimping. Bond set at $50,000. Just hours before, District Judge Jackery Hindman filed an order that sentenced McCauley to a five-year suspended prison sentence and two years probation for a stabbing back in April. McCauley pleaded guilty on July the 1st to going armed with intent as well as third-degree possession of a controlled substance uh, in the incident in which the victim was found in a parking lot of a grocery store bleeding profusely from a stab wound that had severed an artery in his right arm. Victim told police that McCauley had stayed with him for several days until he kicked him out. Police located McCauley the following day, found him in possession of a spring-loaded double-edged knife and one gram of marijuana. During an interview after his arrest, McCauley admitted to assaulting the victim in retaliation for what he said was a previous assault between the victim and a third party, according to court documents. Doesn't matter. That doesn't make it self-defense. Doesn't make it right. And again, in essence, the stabbing charge was thrown out. And McCauley was allowed to plead guilty to going armed with intent as well as third degree or third offense possession of a controlled substance. A little bit of weed. I don't know about you, but when I'm Going through the details of what happened here, the little bit of weed on Macaulay's possession is the least troubling of the uh, 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 of the facts of this case. A guy could have died after an artery in his arm was severed. A judge hands this guy a suspended sentence in probation, which clearly didn't have much of an impact on him, since just hours later, Macaulay once again accused of a uh, robbery. So there you go. And again... You know, cases as uh, 
outrageous as this happen on a daily basis in our court systems. Not always covered, but they are always occurring. Today's Armed Citizen story from Harris County, Texas. Uh, I actually wrote about this at Bearing Arms earlier today. Father shoots two 16-year-old suspects accused of trying to rob the family in northwest Harris County. Actually, it sounds to me like this was going to be an attempted carjacking. Uh, The family, mom and dad in the front seat of their SUV, two kids in the back, young kids, infants, in car seats. As the family pulls into the driveway of their home shortly after midnight, these two teenagers run up, try to get in the back of the SUV, open up the back door. Dad, see what's going on. He's in the passenger seat. He then draws his firearm, fires at the uh, two teenagers, strikes them both. Mom, meanwhile, who's in the driver's seat, puts the uh, SUV into reverse, gets out of there. Both of them taking swift action to protect their family. Now, the teen suspects uh, were apparently taken to a local hospital in a private vehicle. They had a getaway driver, in essence. Someone who was parked maybe a little bit away to make sure that, uh, you know, somebody had a ride. Let's say if this was a carjacking, the two individuals might have hopped in the SUV. One of them may have hopped in the uh, behind the wheel. The other one may have uh, gone back to the uh, getaway car. Uh, regardless, there was a third party who ended up taking the two teen suspects to a local hospital. At last report, they were listed in fair condition. They are expected to survive their injuries. They are expected to face charges as well. The uh, father, protecting his wife and kids, as well as himself, well, the case is being investigated. It'll go to a grand jury. That's what happens in Texas. But uh, this appears to be a pretty clear-cut case of self-defense. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a uh, Louisiana man who helped a trucker who was thrown into Lake Pontchartrain after his semi crashed on I-10, throwing the driver into the water. Here is a, uh, a picture of the truck being pulled out of Lake Pontchartrain. I have been on this bridge before. In fact, I have been in a scary situation on this bridge before. When I was back in college, uh, my friends and I took a spring break trip down to New Orleans. I don't remember much about that that week, I'll be honest with you. But I do remember uh, driving on the way home. Uh, my best friend's uh, girlfriend was in the car ahead of us. It was raining on that 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 twin span bridge, and she hydroplaned. And ended up doing a complete 360-degree turn, uh, did not smash into the uh, the side of I-10, did not go over the bridge, thankfully. But uh, there were some very tense moments, ended up doing slight damage to the, uh, to the car. This could have been uh, a deadly situation, uh, very easily could have been a deadly situation, were it not for Aaron Moorhead who was driving to work in New Orleans on Sunday morning, and he noticed the cars in front of him starting to hit their brakes about halfway across the lake. Uh, Aaron Moorhead then saw an overturned 18-wheeler blocking the left and middle lanes, but he noticed that the cab of the truck was gone. So Moorhead pulls over, runs over to the guardrail to check for the driver, but all he saw was the cab sinking below the surface of the water. Another motorist who had pulled over spotted the tanker's driver who was treading water on the other side of the bridge. So Aaron Moore had ran to his vehicle, grabbed a rope, threw it down to the driver, telling him, wrap it around your arm a few times, uh, hoping that you know he could at least help the driver stay above water. He then tied the other end of the rope to his vehicle. Uh, moments later, St. Timothy Parish Marine Division personnel were able to rescue the driver from the water. Aaron Moore had said, my instinct kicked in. He said, I want to make sure that the driver was safe. 
and I knew that I had tools that could help. Now, he was not the only good Samaritan who acted. There was that other motorist who had stopped. Other witnesses say others uh, were able to help as well. Uh, Bill Brown, who was another motorist, said a, quote, lady in scrubs, checked on a passenger in another vehicle, was on the phone with emergency services, telling them what was happening as well. Uh, Brown, referring to Aaron Moorhead, said the uh, energy worker then handed her his phone as he was trying to get the rope to the man in the water. Uh, Again, you know, first responders responded, but so did people who, again, were in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing for a complete stranger because they saw what was happening in front of them, and uh, they didn't just drive on. They pulled over. They stopped to help. Frankly, that's it's what we it's what we would want if we had been thrown, uh, uh, you know, over the uh, bridge of an interstate and we're treading water uh, in Lake Pontchartrain below. We would hope that uh, those folks would uh, stop and help. So I'm glad that to Aaron Morton and those other good Samaritans, again, in the right place at the right time, but most importantly, willing and able to do the right thing. We thank them for their very, very good deed. Now, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you, as always, for being a part of the program. We are glad that you're here. I would encourage you to visit BearingArms.com, the website, throughout the day for the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. Just use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you get a significant savings on your VIP membership. Not only will you be supporting the independent pro-Second Amendment reporting that we do at Bearing Arms, but as our way of saying thanks for your support, we're going to give you exclusive content, news stories, analysis that you won't find anywhere else because your support does make a difference, and it really does matter. So thank you again. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. But until then, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>